Eifler, Will Eifler. I'm not going to give his topic away because, it, um, well, I, I don't want to butcher it, but I think it's uh, um, it's kind of cool how we had Lou here not but just a couple weeks ago and how he talks so much about hearing God through dreams and he didn't really talk about that, but how his life was kind of set on a course through series of series of dreams and encounters with the Lord and uh, Lou's a dr- I mean Will is a dreamer. And um, he, many of you may not know, but he, he comes from the, um, the bridge uh, ministry. Well, it doesn't come from there, but he's a worship leader at the, at the bridge, <laughs> Metro West, which John Paul Jackson not established, not Metro, which North, Shore. North Shore, North Shore, North Shore Bridge, which John Paul Jackson established quite some time ago. And their, their major f- emphasis uh, is really hearing God through dreams and visions. So we really have... A privilege to have Will here as he's sent under the ministry of John Paul Jackson. I'm just encouraged to hear and excited to hear what the Lord's speaking to. So will you welcome Will Thank you. I'm very excited. Very, very excited. Awesome. Thank you, Christina. People in the kitchen are excited. (laughs) The balcony. It's awesome. Well, one thing's for sure, I need prayer so that I say good things. So I want to say good things. Lord, I just thank you for this time, and thank you for the opportunity to, Lord, to get into your word, Lord, and to be inspired about hearing your voice. Thank you, Lord. Father, I ask that you would just uh, give us revelation, Lord, even as I stand here today, Lord, give me revelation of how to hear you, Lord, in in a better way, Father. Lord, inspire us to chase after you, God, and to hear your voice. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, yeah, I am, uh, I, I lead worship over at the bridge. I've been part of John Paul's ministry, Streams Ministries for, well, I've helped them and been part of the ministry for about eight or nine years. And uh, it was actually, it dates back to my mom dragging me through, dragging all of us kids through the uh, dreams classes that John Paul was teaching. And she forced us all to go to each one of them, and I'm eternally grateful because it was so rich. But oh, mom. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> mom, when you're listening to this, I love you. You're awesome. And uh, um, so, let's see here. Basically, the whole reason I wanted to talk about this is, I guess. So Daryl is like he's saying, I dream a lot. It does. It does happen. I do dream a lot. I get a lot of cool dreams. But the part that you you know, when somebody says they dream a lot, the thing that you don't always hear is that how they sought God, cultivated their life for receiving dreams. And I can tell you, I sought God rigorously for many years to, to receive dreams, to hear God's voice. And, uh, you know, along the way, I think, I think I, you know, I learned some things and things that I'd like to share with you. So, basically... This is going to be like teaching. It's not super, it's not like a really bombastic message, but I have a ton of notes. I'm going to try to get through them in a, in a good way here. But one thing I want to establish is hearing God's voice. It's very fundamental to our lives as Christians. It's, very, uh, it's a huge part of our relationship with God. And there's no better place to establish why that is, although I don't know if I need to, than with Scripture. John 10.27 uh, you don't have to turn there. I'm just going to run through a bunch here. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. That's a pretty powerful scripture. 
hear my voice. There's a couple of things that we're going to see in these scriptures. There's different ways of hearing God. There it's saying hear, as in hearing with our ears. There's another, obviously you have the still small voice, but hearing the voice of God, it's, uh, it comes in different ways. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God, Romans 8, 14. That is a powerful scripture. Simply that we're, it, it shows that we're children of God. When we're led by God, it shows that we truly are, you know, we're, we're His children. Jesus says, I only do what I see the Father doing, John 5, 19. The cool part about that is, Jesus is saying, I do what I see the Father doing. So, that's visual. I'm a visual person. I love visual things. It's part of what I do. And uh, I think that's a way that God speaks to us a lot, especially in dreams. Dreams are visual. So, um, receiving this stuff. How do we receive the voice of God? How do we hear the voice of God? Basically, as we all know, we're part of, as being part of this ministry, we talk about it all the time. Prayer, fasting, those are, and and the word, foundations of hearing God. If you're not doing those things, those three things, you won't hear God. It just won't really happen. I can tell you, in times of praying a lot and studying the word, but neglecting fasting, I start to get dull, and eventually... The prayer gets dry, reading the word gets dry, and I don't really hear God. If I neglect the word, I get out of line. I just start hearing weird stuff. That's not what we want either. So you have to, if you're hearing weird stuff, obviously we all know this, if it doesn't line up with the word of God, you're not hearing God. So that's important, vastly important, since we're all looking for the spirit of God. We're, you know, we don't have a denomination really, but we're pretty charismatic. So, I mean, we're, we're just free. We, we want God, and we don't let a lot get in the way. And sometimes, weirdness ensues. So, the Word of God is important. Prayer. If you're neglecting prayer, if you're just one of those practical people, like a lot of guys, you know, we're not as emotional, and prayer and waiting on God is not our forte sometimes. But that emotional kind of, that connection, relationship with God, intimacy with God, for lack of a better word, is a huge foundation of hearing God. And we'll get into that a little more as I go along here. But, um, you know, basically, as far as listening to God, the way that we hear the voice of God is by growing sensitive to it. We grow sensitive to God. And the only way that we can do that is by making a habit of, I would say, chasing the Lord. Uh, Even, you know, sometimes it sounds... It's not legalistic. The, the Christian life requires that we chase God every single day. And not just, you know, I have a lot of friends who say, you know, oh, I just commune with God throughout my day. And you can't just do that. You have to, um, you have to get with Him, especially in the morning. Like, Bethany's preached many a message on morning prayer, but there's a reason that we can't just go throughout our day and just say, oh Lord, I'm with you, I'm thinking about you, okay? I'm thinking about you, and I want to feel you. Here's why that doesn't work. Because, actually I'm jumping ahead here, but I have to, I have to jump to this, because it, it helps this make sense. The reason you have to spend time every day is because you will make room for what you value. Amen. And you don't have value in something unless you invest quality time in it. 
when you invest quality time in it, you it becomes precious to you. So anyway, actually, I'm going to get into that more later on. But um, about morning prayer, oh Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. Watch for what? Watch for God. Watch for God to to answer. It's Psalm five three. Um, morning morning prayer, making that habit of in the morning. And here it's implied, you know, you'll see in the rest of the Psalms, David does talk about, every day I seek you, Lord. You know, it's, it's a huge pattern in David's life. And, you know, he experienced God in a huge way. He heard God in a lot of ways. Um, part of my story is that I was, a, I was a kid on the backside of nowhere, really, in New Hampshire, growing up on a farm, a beautiful, beautiful place. I was homeschooled, so I didn't have to go to school. I didn't have to get up and get on a bus. I just did my... John's shaking his head at me. <laughs> I'm sorry if that causes you to stumble. <laughs> That's what happened. I didn't have to do that stuff. But what I was able to do, and by the way, this doesn't, it doesn't mean any of us have an excuse not to seek God, but I certainly had no excuse because I had all this time. So I would get up in the morning, and this is going to sound really weird, but actually throughout my teenage years... Um, this is weird. All of us seek God in different ways. We really do. All of us have a different way of, of relating to God. So I would go, you're going to love this. I would go climb a tree every day. <laughs> I sat in a tree and I prayed. Um, I, I, I learned how to climb trees really well. So, and I, I learned how to sit in them really well. It's hard. To get, it's going to be very difficult to sit in a tree. <laughs> I just like being up high and praying. It was cool. So, this the thing is, in the morning, I, you hear my voice. In the morning, I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. Psalm 5.3. I did that. I started to, as a, you know, I think I was 15, 14 or 15. I started to, uh, you know, to realize that there was a, there was a lot of value in, in seeking God and that he would answer me. And just, I just said, well, I'm going to do it. So, in part, as part of just spending time with God each day, you know, I started to do this thing where I would just, I would just be sitting there, and a lot of, for me, you know, all of us spend time with God different. For, for me, it's a lot of quiet. I just sit there, you know, kind of letting the Spirit commune with God. That's, I think, something that we don't understand enough these days. We get, we're very strong in listening to worship music, we're, list, we're very strong in reading the Word, and that kind of thing, but our spirits talk with God, especially in silence. So I would just sit there, but one of the things I would do was, I would say, Lord, you know, I don't really, I know that you're not going to speak something significant to me, life-changing, every single day. But I want to hear you say just one thing. Just one thing. I want to, I'm going to wait for you to say just anything. You could say a couple words, could be about my day, whatever it is. But I would sit there, and I would let, just, I'd just wait for God to speak to me. Sometimes that would take, half an hour just after I asked that, just to hear that from the Lord. But you learn a lot. You learn a lot in waiting for God to say that one thing. So, that's actually, I know it's not for everyone to, you know, take an exact form, but if you want to, especially hearing the inner voice of God, if you want to grow in hearing the inner voice of God, daily asking Him, Lord, just speak to me one thing. It's not weird. You don't have to get cookie. You don't have to be these people who have to ask God to cross the street or anything like that. You can, you can do normal life, but God can speak to you little things, and He wants to. He really wants to. So, 
I'm going to keep looking over here because it's. I, I should look both ways. If I look this way, it's more of a wall, so I have to keep turning. But I'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, learning to hear the inner voice of God. Uh, let's let me just get down here. I should jump, actually. I should jump to one little part that I should have moved. Where is it? Hmm. Maybe I can't. I can't find it. It's like six pages here. And my last one, I had like one page of like cliff notes, and this one is long stuff. Let me see here. Basically, the uh, one of the biggest things in discerning the voice of God is discerning the spirit. Versus the soul, Amen. and we have you know we know the scripture. The word of God's like two-edged, sharper than a two-edged sword, dividing between soul and spirit. The word of God does that, um, but that's it's part of us learning how to hear God. God speaks to our spirit. He doesn't speak to our mind, and he doesn't speak to our soul. Our soul. Let's get into what is the spirit. What is the soul? The soul is. Now, uh, this is pretty well agreed upon in Christian, in Christian circles, but the soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions. And so basically what that means is the mind, will, and the emotions. I don't, I'm not going to expand on that because I don't want to know something. But the soul is what we, some would call it the, uh, the natural life, your personality. That's your soul. Your soul is what you're born with. You're born with... That personality is baked in when you're born. So your soul is what causes the aspect of your life, relating to people, that kind of thing. A lot of that is your soul. The soul is not bad. It's not an evil thing. Soulish is, is obviously a negative connotation, but soul, your soul, is part of your being. Our beings are made up of our body, our soul, and our spirit. And it's kind of mysterious, but I think Watchman Nee does a good job explaining it. Um, the, the spirit is conscience, intuition, and communion. The conscience, like, you know, your conscience gets pricked, that kind of thing. Intuition, you're feeling things. That's not your soul. That's your spirit. The, uh, the way that we commune with God, this is the most important. Like I was saying earlier, spirit to spirit with God. That's communion. That's our spirit that's doing that. It's not our soul. It's not our, our mind. It's certainly not our body, because God is spirit. So it's, uh, I mean, although we feel things, we can. It, I'll get into that later as well. It's just so hard to jump around. But you can feel things in your body, but it is your spirit that's communing with God. So, what, how is that supported? This is a really long thing, but he does, uh, Watchman Nee has this book. It's called... The Spiritual Man. You might have heard of it. It's really, really good. And uh, he, he, divide, he basically shows all the detail of what makes up the spiritual person and, uh, and our spiritual life. And it's, it, there's a ton of scriptures here um, supporting each uh, division there. But there's at least three that we can understand. that this, Three things the Spirit does. It's not what the Spirit is. The Spirit just is the Spirit. It's weird... I don't really understand it, but the Spirit does this conscience, intuition, and communion. And in this really mysterious way, our spirit and our soul is tied together. 
they're not like separate entities. It's part of just our being. And what we hear with and what we're listening to depends, depends, is decided by what we're cultivating in our lives. The natural life is not bad. The natural life is part of living. It's part of living on earth. It's necessary. It's why God gave us souls, personality, a body. But there's a difference between having it and being ruled by it. And being ruled by your soul means you're not going to hear God correctly. So, basically, the bottom line is that your spirit is supposed to rule over your being. Your spirit is that eternal, is the true eternal peace that you're created of. It's what guides your entire being. It's what's what's supposed to be guiding your entire being. And if you are guided by the spirit, everything falls into line. So, uh, I mean, a lot of us understand, like, the difference between uh, sinfulness, soulishness, that kind of stuff, and spiritual things. But what I don't think we understand sometimes is what are the practicals of how we, uh, how we learn to listen with our spirit. Mm-hmm. By the way, the spirit and the soul, the Bible does, like I said, there's scripture supporting which are which, but it also calls both of them. The heart. The spirit and the soul is the heart. So, the way, what part of, of it we're listening to is decided by discipline. If we discipline ourselves to listen to, listen to God when he's speaking to our spirits. So, how do we do that? Here's an example. I, obviously, I can't give you like a manual on how to, how to do it. I don't think anyone can. It's part of our walk with God. But this is one that came to me and I thought was kind of... Uh, it's telling. It's telling for me. It has to do with fasting. I think this probably happens to a lot of us. Has anybody ever wake up some days and you just feel, today would be a good day to fast? Anybody? <laughs> Raise your hand. Yes. You just get that little tiny nudge. It's just a tiny little nudge. It's this idea. What would you normally wake up thinking about, by the way? Breakfast. Right? <laughs> yes. You would wake up thinking about breakfast, coffee. That's what you want. But... When you wake up and you get that little nudge, so somebody who doesn't know what's the spirit, what's the soul, would be confused in this situation because a second later, a split second later, your mind kicks in and you start to think, today's not such a good day to fast. I have homework, I have regular work, I've got to go here, do something strenuous at this part of the day, I can't fast today. That's your mind. And obviously, sometimes, you know, you have to decide whether or not you're going to fast, but that, that voice that you initially got, it's just an example, but the, that split second between those two will tell you which one's speaking to you. Mm-hmm. If you listen to one or the other, and here's the kicker that's very hard for, for me to deal with sometimes, is the one that I obey is the one that I'm going to hear. If I obey the Spirit, if I obey Preach. what, there you go. The, the, what God is telling to my Spirit, if I obey that, I'm going to grow in my spirit life. If I obey my mind, my flesh, I'm going to grow in the soul life. And I'm going to be hearing things through the soul. What does my soul want? My soul just wants to be comfortable. I don't want to do anything out of the ordinary. I don't want to do godly things. That's where our sinful nature is. So, there, there you go. There's plenty of topics there. There's so many 
applications for this, but you're going to find many many areas that you can that you can see. But here's one thing I want to say. I experience a lot of times split-second decisions. These split-second times that, okay, say for instance, it's just one I can think of off the top of my head. I'm talking to somebody. I want to bring up a certain, I want to take the conversation a certain direction. And I feel that quick little nudge. Don't bring the conversation that direction. It's just the tiniest thing. It's not life or death. I can do what I want, and it's not going to change the world. It's going to, you know, my day's going to go on. Everything will be fine, really. But it's a nudge. And I could go with that and, you know, not say what I was wanting to say, or I can obey the flesh and I can just obey the soul and simply just say it. Just talk about whatever comes to my mind, which some of us could use some help in, I think. But, uh, the, uh, that decision, the, the funny thing about this is, this is just what I think. I don't, I don't know if this is gospel, but, I guess I'll just read my notes. The split-second decisions reveal whether the soul life or the spirit life is prevailing in us. However, the way that we grow in the spirit life is not in the split-second decisions. It's in discipline. Sitting before, for example, sitting before God in silence, waiting for Him to speak. This is really the main area that you're going to grow in discipline of listening to the Spirit. If you're sitting before Him for an hour waiting for him to speak, uh, his voice will become so precious to you. What's precious to you, you will not forsake in a moment of decision. It's when you've lost the discipline of waiting on God that you lose the ability to obey him in the little things throughout your day. So a lot of us, when we experience the split-second decisions where we can listen to the soul listen to the, or listen to the spirit, we... Um, did I start this? Yes, I did. Good. Uh, sorry. Random thought. I should have said. Sometimes you just say things out loud. I don't know what that was about. But um, where was I? My goodness. It's what you this, I'm a one-track mind. I don't know what it's like to be a woman just to be able to. <laughs> it's, it's that must be amazing because as soon as my focus turns, there we are. I can't remember this. Okay. Um, so obeying God and the little things. We want to grow in obeying God, but some, a lot of us, I, I do this, I try to obey, and it's good, we, you know, we need to listen to the Spirit, but if, when you change your, the way that you see this, like those little decisions where you know you're hearing God, but you have to do something, that's not where you're going to grow. That's not where you're going to grow in hearing God. That's, where, that's the most telling part, though. If, here's the thing, if you're in the Spirit, this is what I, I call it, the Spirit life, or living in the soul life. And each of us do one or the other, prevailing each day. It's either the spirit life is prevailing, or the soul life is prevailing. And if the spirit life is prevailing, it's a gut instinct for you to do what God's speaking to you. It's a gut instinct to listen to God. It's a gut instinct when He's, you know, drawing you away to just spend time with Him for ten minutes, that you just do it. If you're living the soul life, it's your gut instinct to ignore it. So, that's... But those are, the, those are like telltale signs of whether we're living in the spirit or the soul life. And the place that the spirit life is cultivated is in those early morning hours where we listen to God. So, attune your spirit to feel God. This is an interesting one. A lot of people don't even believe in this. Um, just as our senses were created so that we could operate in this physical world, our spiritual senses were created so that we could feel and sense 
what's happening in the spiritual world. You can feel with your heart, you can feel with your spirit what's happening around you. You can feel the presence of God. And you're supposed to. If you're not feeling God, there's other things in the way. There just are. I've had so many friends come to me and just say, I never feel God. I just, I just can't feel God. I spend time with God, and then I fast, but I just don't feel God. I don't, I don't know everybody's situation. Only you do. But there's other things that are in the way, and sometimes that takes months or years of excavating, breaking up that fallow ground, to change that. It's, but it is something everyone should, should be experiencing. Everybody who has a relationship with God should feel the presence of God. It, you, your heart should feel things. If you're not feeling things... Let me give you an example. Jeremiah 29, uh, his word is like a, sh- a fire shut up in my bones. That's a feeling. God's word, the spirit of God, it's like a fire shut up in his bones. That gives us an idea. So it could be like a fire... Actually, all of these are fire. Uh, Psalm, <laughs> Psalm 39.3. My heart... I thought I was going to have some more detail there. Apparently it's one-dimensional here. But uh, My heart burned within me while I meditated. The fire burned. Basically, David's meditating on, on God there. Uh, Luke 24.32. Uh, the road to Emmaus. Um, how they say, and did not our hearts burn within us while he was walking with us and talking with us. So you have your heart burning there. I've experienced that a lot. That's, no, that's normally how I feel, God. It, it's not always like, you know, like warmth or something like that, but there's a, there's a sensation where I can almost, I don't know what it is about our bodies, but it's like you can just, you can feel it right here. What, it's not weird for me to say this because nobody ever talks about it. It's weird because nobody ever talks about it, but it's not wrong because... A lot of people, a lot of my friends, are confused about how this works. You will feel your spirit burning when you're in the presence of God. That's just part of that's part of feeling God. I mean, again, you should feel God. Yeah, I won't go there. You, it's just feeling is not wrong. If you if you think feeling is something that's uh, that's wrong, it, it may be because of past things. I don't know. It, it could be just because of what you've been told, wrong theology, but it, it's not true. You should, you should feel. You should feel God. Um, so, basically, recap this part. Because it's basically, we want to we talk about the voice of God, and then we want to talk about the language of dreams. The, um, the, the fundamental thing to hearing God being cultivating the spirit life, and living in the spirit life, over our soul and our body. That is fundamental to hearing God. And then obviously, things like morning prayer, uh, just regular prayer, sitting before God, that's, that's huge to learning to hear God's voice. Um, this is the part, this is the part about this whole thing that I wanted to originally speak on, which is dreams. It gets me really excited. I have a lot of dreams. So... It's not hard for me to talk about, and I could probably wear you out with stories of dreams. But the, the, the thing for me is, I, uh, I cultivated that too. Not to, I'm just telling you my experience, because that's why I'm up here. <laughs> so, so that I can help, if, if there's somebody that can benefit from 
my experience that I could help them. And obviously, the main thing we have to pull from is the Word of God. But it's good to hear a story here and there. I, um, as a teenager, I just, you know, starting to just uh, hear God a lot. One of the biggest things was, you know, I was always seeking God for, you know, what, do you, what have you called me to do? And Well, I wanted to know when He was going to do it, actually. When I was 11 years old, God spoke to me and said I'd be doing, you know, I was called to do music. That was my life, that was my life thing. That's unusual, I come to find out. Not a lot of people have heard their life thing. And I've always, for many years, I've wondered that. Why not? Why do a lot of people not hear that? Um, that's a, I have to get to that later in the notes. But basically, that's what I got at the age of 11. Uh, and then in my teen years, I really started to seek out and, you know, find out what, what is it that you want me to do? How do, you want, how do you want to do it? When are you going to do it? You know, continually eager, just want to get there and, and, and do it. But in the process, one of the things I started to cultivate was, uh, I guess you could really, the only way you could call it is a dream life. You do have a dream life. Everybody does. Even if you're, you have like one dream a year, that's a dream life, you know? <laughs> and you can, if you have one dream a year, you can cultivate having having more. That's the main part of what I want to get to here. I'm not going to get into a ton of like interpreting, how to interpret dreams, because there's so much to it. There's, But the biggest part is God will lead you. God will lead you in how to interpret it. The biggest thing is, the hardest part, is learning how to cultivate a life of, uh, honestly, dreams, and hearing God. But first, let's establish that God does speak through dreams. This shouldn't be very hard, because the Bible's full of it. Um... Job, the earliest one I could find was Job thirty-three, fifteen. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on men, while they slumber on their beds, then he opens the ears of men. That's a. Uh, it's talking about this talking about dreams. He says he terrifies them with with warnings that he may turn aside from his deed and conceal pride from a man. That's an example of of a type of dream that God can do, which is a warning dream. There's many different types of dreams, but that's just one. But basically establishing in dreams, when deep sleep falls upon men, the Lord does speak. Psalms 16.7 I bless the Lord who gives me counsel in the night, also my heart instructs me. Um, and then, you know, especially this one, let's turn to Joel 2.28, because we love, we love that scripture here. That is a, that is a good scripture. Good, good prophecy. <coughs> and it shall come to pass afterward, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will pro- shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. So, it's really all there is to it. It's reiterated in Acts 2.17, in the outpouring of the Spirit. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. It's not limited to young men visioning and old men dreaming. It's everybody dreaming having visions, prophesying. It's something that the Lord wants to do with all of us. Um, but clearly, you know, God does speak through 
dreams in the Word of God. Um, there's just a few examples. Where are my examples here? Yeah, basically, Jesus' birth, Matthew one nineteen. Joseph twice has a dream that has everything to do with Jesus' life. As we know, you know, you have a dream telling him not to put Mary away, and that Jesus is the Son of God. And then the dream saying, you know, go to Egypt, that their lives would be spared. So, just right there, there's a lot. But um, throughout the Bible, the Lord speaks through dreams. Gideon, in invading the, uh, the enemy camp, overhears a dream that the enemy had about Gideon and... Actually, this is, this is kind of cool, actually. Let's read it. When Gideon came, behold, a man was telling a dream to his comrade. Gideon's sneaking around at night, and he hears something through a tent. They didn't have anything but tents, sound travel. So, man's telling a dream to his comrade, and he says, Behold, I dreamed a dream, and a cake of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian, came to the tent, so it struck it, and it fell and turned it upside down, so the tent lay flat. And that's the dream. And then this guy... This is not an Israelite. He's the enemy army. He says, his friend says, this is no other than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. So he's prophesying, really. God has given into his hand Midian and all the camp. So, one thing we need to know is back in Bible days, they valued dreams. Middle Eastern culture, they valued and still value dreams. It's, it, was, it was a huge part. So it wasn't uncommon for those Midianites to be having dreams and understanding them. It was part of their culture. But Gideon invades based on, uh, you know, he, he decides to invade based on that dream. Anyway, um, going back here, let's see. Dreams, dreams, dreams. Maybe I shouldn't have copied all those scriptures. Anyway, um, Joel 2.28, pour out your, my spirit on all flesh. Okay, here we go. Numbers 12, 6 through 8. Let's go there real quick. And he said, Hear my words. If there's a prophet among you, I the Lord... Make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream. So first, the Lord's saying, I, I, I select prophets and I give them dreams. I give them visions. And this is a way that I speak to them and let them know that they're prophets and start to speak to them. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him, I speak mouth to mouth, clearly and not in riddles. And he beholds the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against him? Because they were talking about smack about Moses. So, the the thing that's said here is, first God says, I speak to my prophets in dreams and in visions. But with Moses, I speak mouth to mouth, not in riddles. Proverbs 25.2, we know this, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings... To search it out. What are we? We're kings and priests in God, right? So, it is part of our glory to search out the things of God. And those things include dreams. But, 
Why dreams? Why does God speak through dreams? Why, like Moses, you know, why don't we just hear God? This is what I think. The very same God who in the person of Jesus loved to use parables, loves to use them today. Why doesn't God just tell us plainly? Because in the process of seeking it out, our heart is revealed. When we discover what God is saying for ourselves, it becomes ours. And it's so much more intimate a way of God speaking to us than simply being told what to do. We, it's the difference between being servants and being friends of God. And as we walk closer and closer with God, the veil is removed, and like Moses, we'll move from hearing God through riddles to speaking with Him face to face. So that's the goal of learning how to understand the language of dreams. It's not so that you can figure out some kind of hieroglyphic message that God's trying to give you. It's so that as you prove that you're desiring it, that God will give you more, and that He speaks to you more clearly. And that is the way that it works. I can tell you from personal experience that, you know, in making efforts to, to learn how to interpret my dreams, I would go to bed every night, as far as cultivating dreams goes. I would go to bed every night for years, just saying, Lord, just be with me in my dreams. Speak to me in my dreams. And in being diligent in that, I just I found that God answered my prayers. And where I went from having few dreams, I went to having many dreams. A huge difference. You can cultivate the life of dreams. You don't have to be a special, gifted person to do that. There's a few ways that you can cultivate cultivate your dreams. Um, let me, yeah, that later on. No, let's talk about the practicals of cultivating dreams. Here's the, one of the biggest ways is basically dreams come to us, and uh, God uses our mind. I mean, He really He does speak to us through our mind. So our, first of all, what does our mind need to be? It needs to be renewed in the Word of God. Otherwise, you're going you're to be receiving all kinds of stuff. But having your mind renewed in the Word of God, and living in, in the life of the Spirit, you are setting yourself up to hear God through dreams. Because God wants to speak to you through them. The biggest way that you can grow in receiving, in receiving dreams is to write them down. How many, how many of you guys have written down your dreams before? Most of you guys. So, it's just Abram. Abram. Um, writing down dreams, what does writing down do? It's basically taking notes about anything. It improves your comprehension of it. Improves your, improves your retention of the subject. That's just the practical aspect. And when it comes to dreams, it opens up pathways in your brain to to be more receptive to it, to experience it more fully when it's happening. Instead of it being foggy, as you write down your dreams, they start to become clearer and clearer and clearer. When there's, another, there's other ways that you can do this. Um, one way that I've done, uh, if you draw at all, even if you're bad at drawing, draw scenes from your dreams. If you have this picture, okay, you wake up, you're like, there's a swimming pool, there's this fat kid jumping in the swimming pool. I don't know what it means. You don't have to know what it means. You can just write a draw the picture, write down the dream, write down every detail that you can remember. As you write down details, they start to come back to you. I call it finding the car keys. It's kind of like, if you ever lose your car keys? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> I've helped him find his keys many times. Um, losing your keys, what do you do? You go back and you say, what was the last place I left it? And you backtrack. You, you track through 
each detail, right? You, you walk yourself through in your mind's eye, through where you've been, so you can find it. It's the same thing with dreams. When you wake up in the morning, if you want to grow in, in receiving dreams, start to just say, when you wake up, did I dream anything last night? Are, is there anything I dreamed? Don't just assume that you didn't, because you don't remember something when you wake up. Ask yourself the question, did I dream something? You remember the... Sometimes, I had this happen just the other week, actually. I remember one little thing, the littlest detail from this dream. And as I wrote it down, I wrote down that detail, kept writing, there, it turned into this whole dream, that I, the entire thing that I remembered. And another dream. And another one. There were three dreams that I didn't know I had. All I remember was this one detail. And I unwrapped it by writing it down. It's so simple. It took me ten minutes. But I remember these three dreams. Two of them were pretty significant. So, the, basically, why does God speak to us in riddles? Um, where's my note there? I had something great written about this. Oh, yeah. Why, why riddles? Why dreams? God desires for us to not only to learn to understand dreams, but to cultivate a life that's expectant of them. Just like someone who gives a gift to another, the very value of a gift lies in the desire for it, and for it to fulfill a need. And the, the purpose of a gift is to surprise and delight. That's why God gives us dreams. They're gifts. There's something for us to unwrap, to, to actually desire, to look for it. And by, by looking for it and writing it down, you will, you will you'll start to find the gift. It's kind of like a, some kind of treasure hunt. But that's the, God loves that. It's, it's, it's relationship with God in, 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 in another facet. It's not in our entire way of hearing God. It's not. But it's a facet of it that's really cool because God wants to give us things that we uh, steward, that we take care of. All of the things that God tells us, He wants us to take care of. But one of the ways that you can hone that and start to value the voice of God is by writing down your dreams. It's a huge part. So, write your... Okay. Write them down. What you focus on, you make room for. Just a principle. You focus on... <laughs> you focus on just life in general. You, will you won't receive God. If you focus on dreams, if you focus on hearing the voice of God, the still small voice of God, you're going to start to receive more and more. And it's just a, it's a spiritual principle, just like sowing and reaping, that what you focus on, you will make room for. Let's see here. Let's go back. Purposes. There's pr different purposes dreams can serve um, that you may have experienced in different dreams you've had. But calling and prophetic dreams, those, that's an aspect. It's not everything. They're definitely calling and prophetic kind of dreams. These are just a few that I thought of and thought I'd write down. It's no, by no means definitive. But you can have dreams, or well, intercession dreams. You can have dreams in which you are interceding for someone. The very dream, you could be in the dream, the acts, the things you're doing in the dream could be intercession. Remember, it's your spirit still doing things. You, your body may not be active, but your spirit in your heart, and your soul, by the way, are active, and they're, they're functioning and operating in your dreams. So, there's, you're basically, you are, you are in your dream. It's not, you're not just watching a movie. You're not just, 
you're not just experiencing something, you're, you're actually in it. Um, dreams can either be intrinsic or extrinsic. Intrinsic would be personal, they can be about you, or it can be extrinsic, where it's about another person. But basically, you can have dreams about spiritual status, where you, like, a, like an inventory. I have a number of these kind of dreams, where you just experience, you, or you, you have this dream that you see something and you can tell it's an area I need to grow in. You know, there's many different aspects for God to use. Spiritual cleansing. In dreams, sometimes God will will use it to, to cleanse you of, of certain things. There's uh, warfare, breakthrough kind of dreams where you can even be fighting. Sometimes when you're fighting an enemy in your dreams, I would say pay close attention to that dream. Because in those dreams often mean a spiritual enemy, often to yourself, that you're fighting in your life. And this is going to sound weird, but that dream is actually an opportunity to defeat that thing. Mm-hmm. And the progress you're making in your normal life, in your spirit, in, in prayer, in warring against that thing, that you'll find it. You actually come back to that dream again and again, and you start to experience more victory against it, more victory against it, until in some, you know, like if it's an enemy you're fighting, you're finally able to swing the sword, or you're finally able to pull the trigger and and remove that enemy. <laughs> I mean, seriously, all of us, a lot of us have those kind of dreams. And a lot of times, they're actually very real. They're about spiritual things that are coming against us. And uh, sometimes there are opportunities for us to have breakthrough in that. Here's a, I know I'm kind of just going on then, I, and I don't have much more time. Okay, actually, I'll skip that little part. Impartation dreams. I've had these crazy dreams where these saints of old... <laughs> like come to me and they pray for me it's crazy I don't know if all of you know I had this one Charles Finney I had nothing I knew nothing about the guy except for his name he comes to me in a dream he prays for me he talks with me for like 20 minutes about revival telling me that I can do the same things he and his wife come over I'm in a dream knowing I'm in a dream I know that it's a dream and I say I don't normally do this in a dream this is a result of growing. This is a result of growing in my awareness of what happens in dreams and cultivating my heart in it. But you can actually function and be aware of things in your dreams. I was just—I knew it was a dream. I knew it was an experience, and I said, "Could you pray for me?" You know, I know this is a dream, but please pray for me. Powerful, powerful prayers. They pray over me. I wake up crying. Just experiencing the presence of God, just laying in my bed, just like, what just happened? But this man I talked to, he's this old New Englander guy, uh, he's maybe 70 years old, bald on this side, hair, white hair on the side. I'd never seen, I, I had no idea what he looked like. I only knew who he was because it said Charles Finney. And going across his chest. That was easy. So I went and I Wikipedia'd him. He's, he was up in the wall. Uh, he's not anymore, I guess, but... The exact picture. The exact picture of the guy I talked to in the dream. So they're staring at me in Wikipedia. That's crazy. And then I go read some of his writings, a lot of the stuff he was talking to me about. So you can have dreams of impartation where people come to you, even saints of old, and they pray for you. That's not weird. That's actually something that will happen. Um, I've got to wrap this up. Symbology. I'm not going to go into symbology at all. Because here's the thing. You can learn a lot about symbology. What does a number mean? What's a color mean? One of the th- <laughs> one of the main things we know is actual, actually like solid is when you're in a vehicle that represents your life or a ministry or something important like that, the direction that you're going. Um, 
But you know, don't get caught up a lot in everything people say about symbology. God has a specific language for each person. It's a little different. And he's going to teach it to you. It's really not the biggest thing to learn in your dreams. Symbology is not the biggest thing. Because like I said, riddles. God's speaking to us in riddles. They're going to become clearer and clearer and clearer as we continue to seek God. And uh, it'll, it'll be, it's pretty, and eventually we want to get to the point where like Moses or Enoch, God's talking with them face to face. And that's where we're going. We're not trying to, we're not trying to have crazy dreams all the time. We're trying to steward the things that God does give us. The voice of God that's coming to us so that we can grow and speak to God face to face, which I believe, I believe God has for us. If it's in the Old Testament, guys, if it's in the Old Testament, why can't we do it? Jesus talks with, with the Lord, faced it with his Father, face to face. It should be our experience as well. So, symbology, God's going to, you know, seek God for revelation in your dreams. Don't always go to your friend. Go to your friend, but only after you've sought God for yourself. Because there's revelation God wants to give you about it. And you should be the one stewarding your dreams. Um, let's see here. Life direction dreams. Obviously, we know that you know, God can use, use dreams to give us life direction. Here's one thing I want to say before I close. This is just back on the general topic of hearing from God. About receiving life direction. What I call life direction is like calling dreams, where you know you're called to something. Like, okay, a lot of us have said, God, what is my destiny? What's my calling? We get really excited about that. And we should. It's a huge part of our lives. But there's two reasons why we can seek God for life direction stuff. Here's the first reason. The first reason is so that we can understand it and try to do it ourselves. To have it figured out, to know what to do, and just get on with the program and do it. And I, I know I was that way a lot with, uh, with how I sought God and the details of what He wanted me to do. You know, one of the things, I have to be honest, I'm standing here today because of God speaking to me through dreams. I sought God throughout my teen years saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? And, you know, I'd hear these little times the Lord would say, I'm just not going to tell you right now. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, one day he said, it's going to be soon. And, and the next thing I know, I was having dreams about this place, where I saw this place. Before I ever came here, I saw uh, different parts of Cambridge. Before I came here, it's significant things I don't have time to get into, but that God gave me direction through dreams. But here's the thing. It's not necessary for you to know every detail. It's not necessary for me to know every detail. It's not, it's not necessarily even what God wants. Because the, the danger is the more detail that you know, the more of it you're going to try to do yourself. So you try to, you, you see, oh yeah, this, is, this plays out this way, the story goes like this. I'm going to just do the story like I saw it. And <laughs> we've all seen those movies. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't end well. It's, you know, it's not time travel. God's not trying to show us, you know, every detail of our lives before we live it out. I was actually uh, in prayer one day, after coming down here, and I had all these dreams, all this stuff. It was just, it's just crazy. And actually, you know, when I look back in, in hard times, that is one of the things that actually keeps me here. Revelation is, is a really good thing, because I know that I'm called here. I know that God's called me to be here. But, you know, one day, I was, was a few years ago, I was just here actually in this prayer room, and just praying, and I was just like, Check it out, Lord. <laughs> I'm doing it. Are you showing me what to do? I'm doing it. 
look at me, you know, and it was, not like that, but, you know, basically I was saying, Lord, look, I'm, I'm obeying you, isn't this cool? And uh, it was actually in one of those times where I wasn't hearing his voice too much, so I was like, hey, at least I'm doing this, you know, okay, we're doing what we said, this is good, and he said to me, you know, really clearly, you know, well, it's not, it's not you following the big picture, if you're not, what he said was, if you're not, if you're not uh, in my presence every day, following my voice for each day, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. And that's, I think that's the primary way that God wants to lead most of us. Some of us, he will give more or less detail to about what we're called to do. But let me tell you this, it is about the daily stuff. It's about not just little details, but... There's parts of your life calling that will be shaped in your daily decisions that God speaks to you and whether you're obedient in the little nudges, the little times. And that's why we have to develop the spirit life so that we're sensitive to those little things. When we're sensitive to those little things, we follow it. It shapes the story that God is trying to write. And it's much, much more effective in God's eyes than telling us the whole thing and having us just do it. Again... That's almost, you know, we want that so much because our mind understands that. We, we can see the whole story, and we're like, I know where the movie's going, the spoiler, you know? I know what's going to happen. But that's more of a stumbling block sometimes. Because even though sometimes God will show us those things as we seek Him more, it's not for us to know everything. And seeking God daily, um, through the different ways we talked about, through hearing the still small voice of God, dreams, then even get into visions, but... Write down, write down the things that you do see. Some, some, we need to learn how to understand what God gives us through our imaginations. Our imaginations were created by God to be used by Him and to, and to receive things. But I'm not going to go there. Basically, this is for all of us. It's not for gifted people. It's not for talented people who are, I don't know, somehow gurus or something. It's for all of us to cultivate. And I know that because of cultivating it, I've experienced it. Yeah, I have a long way to go, but, uh, you know, it's exciting, guys. It's super exciting. So I just pray that we would be inspired to hear God. We would be inspired to go after Him daily and hear His voice. It's a big deal. We can't live without it. And, uh, yeah, steward the things He gives you and seek after Him. That's all I've got. Amen. You guys uh, wanted to break loose, and I wanted to break you loose. Quick little testimony. Uh, well, I don't know if it's a testimony, but it's a story, anyways. Hopefully, it's good. We were um, after service uh, two weeks ago, I think now, when we took Lou out to dinner with a group of people. And um, Jesse Angle, Lou's son, was sharing a dream that he had that, that night. And, you know, my first, you know, he was asking me, he was like, What's your, what's your thoughts about this dream? I'm like, dude, I think it's a pizza dream. You know, if, if, for many, if you don't know, a pizza dream to me was something that Pastor Marlene, Bethany's mother, made up. It's just like, it's not a dream from God, pretty much. A pizza dream has to do with something you ate. And Lou quickly stepped in and know Jesse, I think it's a life dream. And he, you know, he just unpacks the dream for Jesse. And I'm sitting, I'm like, oh my God, you know. Like I just told this kid, it's a pizza dream, it's not of God. And here Lou is telling him it's a dream from God. And... And Lou unpacked it in such an elegant, poetic way where you're just like, yeah, that's God. That's, that's, 
That is God, Jesse. You need to listen to your dad. Why do I share this? You know, we're not we're not looking to have a service of just like you know, sci-fi-ish. You know, Star Trek. You know, you know all these dreams and whatnot. We believe wholeheartedly that God speaks to us in these ways, and we don't need to rationalize away. Um, you know, how the Lord speaks through us, through visions, through dreams, and even His voice. Even His voice. You know, like Will touched upon, you know, you, you could feel as though God speaks to you with His voice, and then all of a sudden you rationalize it away, or you get in your head, and it just kind of flees just as quick as it, just as quick as it came to you. And um, our heart here is uh, to just kind of, you know, as we were with Lou, to kind of just say, guys, these are the ways God speaks to us, these are ways that God speaks to us, and we should not just... Um, be quick to say, oh, that wasn't God, or that was God. I, I mean, of course, God wants us, and Jesus wants us to have discernment, but sometimes we can be, um, you know, so quick to say it's not God, and we lose um, how the Lord's trying to speak to us. And, um, you know, Will will come to me and share with me dreams, and I'll just be like, what? I don't even know how to draw them together. I want to encourage you. If you ever have... Um, you know, a dream that you feel like it was from God, give it to us. Let us hear it. We have um, a, a great woman that's uh, been, I think, part of me and Bethany's life who just can unpack it, kind of like what Lou did. You know, you just have those dreams. You're just like, man, somebody's got to bring some understanding to this. I think it's God, but I don't have a clue. Uh, if you ever have one of those life dreams or some way that the Lord speaks to you, you just need clarity, feel comfortable to come to us. I would love to just start... Uh, helping us all to just have God kind of unpack our dreams and kind of make the riddles uh, not, you know, so mysterious. You know, just kind of decode them and make them plain for us to, to see so that the Lord can speak to us. Amen? Amen? Listen, don't be quick to just cast your dreams aside, the, the things that God speaks to you. Don't be quick to just say, that's not God, this is not God, or change your mind quick when God speaks to your heart. Man, live the dream, live in your dreams Live life like you're living in your dreams. You know what I'm saying? Just let it, just, just, just fall into it, amen, because God wants to use it to speak to us. Let's have prayer. Father, we thank you for this precious group of people. And God, I, I thank you, Lord, that even now you would unlock over our lives, Lord, uh, the dream life, Lord, that we would dream dreams from heaven. Lord, that we would hear the voice of God. Lord, that we wouldn't be... Um, so quick to say, oh, that wasn't God, or, or God doesn't speak to me, or I don't feel God. Lord, I ask God that you would give us once again a sensitive heart that responds uh, to your leading and to the ways that you speak. As God bless this group. Lord, as we go out and enjoy the rest of our, our Sunday, God, keep us safe. With the Spirit of God near us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, be blessed. We love you guys. All right? Enjoy what sun's left. Thank you.